Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The score celebrates 30 years. WSCR in HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. We are Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's voice of the fan for 30 years. In Odyssey Station. The score! Do you, is there a part of you that feels a little more settled now? Like, I'm a big leaguer, this is where I belong? Or did, did that happen last year? Or? Uh, I don't know, it's still, still kind of crazy. But uh, no, I just go about it the same way every day. It's a, it's a, you know, game of baseball and go out there and have some fun and play as hard as I can. Frank the Tank, yo. Frank Schwindel, your starting first baseman for your Chicago Cubs. Mark Grody with you on score overnight. Hello, 312-644-6767 is the number. It is always great to have you with us here. And, yes, just to answer a couple of uh, text questions here. Were you joking when you asked what does LMFAO mean? Yeah, of course I am. That's a well. Actually, I should explain my reference because I was the 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 story is that when I was doing pre and post for the Cubs here on on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score, I was in the booth with Pat and Ron and Eddie Vetter had come into the booth and he was doing his little banter with Pat and Ron after he had done the seven or before he did the seventh inning stretch. And I'm a huge Vetter fan. And after Vetter left our booth, after a couple innings, Pat on the radio turned around and looked at me and said, Mark, I know you're a big fan of Eddie Vetter. Did you enjoy the conversation? Did you get to, chat with Eddie did you perhaps exchange numbers or anything like that and I said oh yeah Pat I said we're you know it was great it was awesome I mean, we got to uh, talk a little bit and you know he's sitting next to me you know in between innings sitting on the steps and just hanging out and stuff and I said Pat and this is on the air I said yeah I feel like you know Eddie and I were, were BFFs by now and Pat just turned back around Started calling the game. It's a one-two count. There's a little dribbler towards third. Foul ball. So, and I was like, oh, God, what did I do? Why is he, why won't he talk to me? He won't look back at me. And, like, the something had disturbed Pat in that conversation that we were having. 
And so I didn't know. Or maybe he was just like, okay, this Pat's he's done talking to me, and he's got to get back to this this you know zero zero game in the second inning against the Padres or something. <laughs> like so, I'm like, what the hell? And I'm sitting back there with our engineer at the time, Miska, and even he's kind of like, huh? And you know, Coomer's up there. I don't know if Coomer noticed the awkwardness of it, but then so so the inning ends, and Pat takes his headphones off. Turns around, looks at me, and said, all right, what's this BFF stuff? Like kind of in a pointed way, not in a playful way. And I'm like, oh, it's like, it's, <laughs> I was like, it's best friends forever. He's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, we don't use those. We don't use those things on the air. He thought, he thought that I was dropping F-bombs, that, that there was like, BFF, like the F. He heard too many Fs in what I was saying. And, and that's he did not... really funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was not familiar with BFF. I can see. I, I mean, which is fine. I, I could see why I would set alarms off to someone that doesn't know anything because I'm sure he's thinking of. I mean, there are acronyms that you and I could think of that include that, obviously. But uh, yeah, that was definitely that not was... one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried to tell that, and I know some of you listening right now have heard the story before, but when it comes up and I make reference to it, and then somebody thinks that I don't know what LMFAO. Now, if I had said that, then then I can understand if Pat was disturbed. But I'm like, no, no, no Pat, really? It's it's like he kind of was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you uh, thought you were trying to pull one yeah. on him, huh? Right, you know, new kid on the block here in the booth here. I don't know. We don't talk. We don't talk like that in this booth. This Mark and... Grody, he'll never make it into the Hall of Fame of this trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bump in my trajectory. Yeah, it was. But you made it out on top, I guess. You know? I did. I did. No, it was. I. I loved it. It was. It was a great. I mean, I got the best. I. I. The, my. I was not lucky to get the job, but I was lucky that my timing was good, that I was just, I just happened to, when you roll the roulette wheel of pre- and post-game hosts and play-by-play guys that have been with the Cubs and the organization since the 1900s, all of us got lucky that that was the year that the Cubs, you know, 2015 was my first year with the Cubs, and then 2016, and then 2017, and then 18. So it was, that, that was, excuse me. 2017 was my last year and then I went to the Bears and they won 12 games so and everybody thought I was a lucky charm and then once I started feeling that a little bit the the bottom dropped out for the Bears and I no longer have that distinction I am no longer Chicago's good luck charm but yeah that was that was a fun time and I would say Pat earned it more than any of us in that booth in terms of some of the god-awful years that he had to put up with with the Cubs, I mean, they, they, you know, on Pat's watch, they got close a couple of times, obviously, in 2003. And it felt like, you know, 07 and 08, especially 08, like going into that year, a lot of people were picking the Cubs in, the, in Lou Pinella's second year with the team that that was going to be the, the big World Series year. But no, back-to-back sweeps in the postseason. So if it wasn't just horrendous seasons that Pat had to deal with it was definitely heartbreak and that is that was what being a Cubs fan was all about either dealing with god-awful seasons like just horrendous and embarrassing and like the whatever that was the 0-13 to start that one year and I think it was 97 maybe 
And so it's either that or, like I said, like just awful, awful heart, like preferred not to get to the postseason. You know, I talked about 84 earlier. That was awful. 89 was not as heartbreaking. It was just a demolition once they played San Francisco in the first round. They had this great magical year in 1989 where you know they have the the rookie of the year and the the runner-up rookie of the year and mark grace is completely in his prime and just a stud and then they just get blasted by will clark in san francisco so and you know 98 whatever 2003 you know the heartbreak that existed there and then i i don't know if 07 and 08 were really heartbreak as much as they were just like, good God. It was, it's kind of like the Bulls lately. It's like, anybody awake? You want to win a game, maybe? You know, like, you had this delightful season, and then you just ran out of gas at the very end. That was the Cubs 07 and 08. So all of that got distinguished in the in 15, 16, and 17. And, yes, I was lucky to have been around at, at that time. There is no – trust me, people that had done the job that I did, you know, before – you know, they're like, good God, man, you got Because it could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. But the wheel stopped um, for me for that, and it is three years that uh, I was a blast. Loved the, the learning the lifestyle of traveling with a baseball team is something. It is something. And you know what? Three years is about enough. Let's go to Barry in Sioux City, Iowa. Hello, Barry. Thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Again, Mark, top of the morning to you. Same, Barry. How are you? Good. Hey, I, I heard you tell your story about Dave, your cat, last night. About yeah. The TV. Yeah, I Dave gotta, uh, crashed share, off a limb. I got yeah. to share a similar, similar, eerily similar story, okay? Please do. I, It'll I, make me feel better. I have, I have four cats, okay? And oh, I, I, you know, you're you're totally right. You never know when they're going to. You know, kind of spaz out and go berserk and start running all over the place and knock what they do. over and what it's, it's just anyway, instinct. I had, yep. I, had a, I had a I had a TV in my office at home. It wasn't very old. It might have been a year or so old, if that. And one one day I went in went in there and it was laying on the floor. You know, I didn't think anything. I would like turn it on like you, and it, it had the same as busted a young. And nowadays you can't fix TVs once they fall over. You know, they're broken. Okay. So it fell over, it was broken, and I don't know which one of my cats did it, so I didn't know who to blame, but I just said, you know, that that happens once in a while. So I went and bought another TV uh, (laughs) (laughs) and set it the exact same place the other one was, and my girlfriend said, you can't set that there, the cats are going to knock it over again. And I said, Uh... no, it's not going to happen. There's no way it's going to happen again, you know. It is just a fluke deal. It's not going to happen again. Well, it had to be three or four days later. I was sitting in the other room and I heard a big crash. I thought I knew right away what happened. It's like yeah. another TV. It's not you know. It's like I can't afford to go out and buy three TVs. In I, a know. Row. I know. I know. <laughs> I know, man. It's the worst. So my cat knocked over two TVs and broke them. But oh. I did end up. So I actually ended up buying a, a bigger TV yet, and I put it clear down in my basement so my cats can't can't get to it. But anyhow, I, yeah. I had to share that story. That's I, I awesome. Understand your, I, I feel your pain, man. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That's good stuff, Barry. Anyway, I about, appreciate it. Yeah. About, about, about the Cubs, I, you know, I think you're right. Third place is probably as good as they're going to do this year. I I don't even know if they can beat Cincinnati. I, I even, even if Cincinnati's unloading everybody, I just – 
I think it's going to be a long year, but you know, it's. I think the future is a little. It's just going to be bright. It's going to take a couple of years for the Cubs, but I think you're dead on. And I was holding out hope beyond hope they'd bring Rizzo back, but I didn't figure that would happen. But what really, what I really wanted to do is bring Schwarber back, and I just don't understand why they didn't go after him and bring him back to be DH. That would have been perfect. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's that, sort that, of what they. That didn't, that's it. That didn't happen either. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think, Barry, I think that that's what they kind of had in the back of their minds when they drafted him all along, that someday that, you know, they were that's what Theo Epstein does. He looks ahead and he thinks about what trends and how to beat the system and all that kind of stuff. And we've seen him do it in so many ways with international signings and the the service time. And, you know, his hack was, I'm not going to go draft Mark Appel. I'm going to draft Chris Bryant, you know, get guys who hit the ball over the wall. And that right. was another example. I think in his mind, he he foresaw did Theo Epstein and maybe it was Jed Hoyer that there would be a DH someday. And my, because let's face it, Barry, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> pardon me, Kyle Schwarber did yep. not have a did not have a defensive position. He they knew he was oh, not right. going to be a catcher. They exactly. knew that. Right. They knew it. So. Yeah. But, but Barry, this thanks. DH, for... this DH, DH would have been perfect for him. I mean. Uh... Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And who knows. Well, I don't know what's his deal in in uh, in Philly. Has he got a four year deal or something like that? So it it'd be a while. Yeah. Barry, thanks, Barry, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, my my boss talking about Mitch Rosen again. He called me today that like for around four or five o'clock, which was a little bit alarming because you know I'm like, well, shoot, what's going on? What what do you need? You know, it's it's usually hey, uh, we got a breaking story. Can you go here or there? Can you jump on the radio? Whatever. And uh, he just wanted to check and make sure everything was kosher at my place, that the, the violence which occurred with Dave the Cat destroying a television of mine if, if everything was, was cool. And it is. Everything is gentle at the moment. Um, I have a smaller replacement TV that I had, but the, it remains that I need to get off my butt and buy myself a new television. So maybe I'll be one of those two screeners, you know, I'll have a couple of screens up here. But that is that's the deal with Dave and that that's the the reference that was being made right there. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. From the three one two, I hope that you, Mark Grody and Sean are doing well, staying healthy and uh, maintaining a social distance. My name is Allison and I am texting you from my tablet. If I heard you correctly, Mark. I think that you wondered why Donnie Wahlberg was in Chicago and at the Bulls game. If Donnie Wahlberg and uh, Jenny McCarthy are still married, it is one of the reasons why Donnie Wahlberg still has a business in Chicago. Jenny McCarthy grew up, yeah, in the Chicagoland area. Um, So, yeah, no, that that makes sense. And she graduated from Mother Macaulay High School, as I can remember. Thank you for helping to save the score overnight. You're doing great. Thank you so much for the the text, Allison. And, yeah, right, and I assume – it's so funny. Like, I knew that Donnie Wahlberg was with Jenny McCarthy, but the rate at which celebrities get together and separate or divorce is immaculate, so I didn't just assume, but that would make sense. Boston is his team. There there are restaurants in the area, and Jenny McCarthy – I think Jenny McCarthy went to U of I, I want to say, or maybe one of the Westerns or the Easterns, or I know she didn't go to my school to – to ISU, but that all checks out. That all makes a lot of sense, for sure. 312-644-6767 is the number here on the score. And 
Yeah, been uh, you had you had the Prez, you had Barack Obama at the Bulls game last night. Donnie Wahlberg was there last night, and then a couple of nights ago, you had uh, Khalil Mack was in the house. So it was a very, it's been a very interesting courtside. And if they are there to watch the Bulls, I am very sorry to hear that because things have not been good for the Bulls, who lost to Boston last night, 117 to 94. Can you tell I've kind of been avoiding discussing the Bulls? I mean, we hit it a little bit, but it's just, it's just so that like they need to wake up and they need to be shaken or something. Cause I'm sure a lot of dudes wake up to the sound of my voice. They thanks, Ranj. You know, we haven't put a call into Ranj in a while. <laughs> yeah. Let's wake Maybe him up. You want to do a Ranj call? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back and we'll do a Ranj call. What the hell? That'll keep me from talking about the Bulls for a little bit longer. I like it. It's a good play. It's been a while. It's been a minute, as the kids say. On Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. This is Sports Radio 670, the score. Chicago's sports station. Another texter from area code 847. Les, what is a Kraken? Not sure about that, but that is the nickname of the new hockey team. It begins play tonight. The Seattle Kraken. They're going to play at Old Key Arena where the uh, Sonics used to play. So how much uh, of a situation that's all going to be? It's a new team in the National Hockey League. Kraken is a United States-based currency exchange and bank founded in 2011. The exchange provides trading between Cairo currency and fiat currencies that provides price to uh, give you information to the Bloomberg terminal. That's what they're saying. They're located, by the way, uh, not in Seattle. That bank is located in San Francisco. So, so much for that. But that is the name of the new team in Seattle, the Kraken. Yeah, man. The Bulls host, the Blackhawks host, take two. The Blackhawks host, the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Oh, mighty grabber one. Founder and creator and perfecter of Score Overnight, Les Grobstein, ladies and gentlemen. I am Mark Grody, trying to keep the the tradition alive, and I always appreciate your support in that regard. 312-644-6767. The Blackhawks, too, I was reading that they are cutting most season ticket prices. Well, they damn well better be because the some of the missteps in the organization – recently and the fact that they are not planning on putting a great product on the ice that's a good move and it's kind of refreshing to hear considering it seems like every other team in town every year you hear the incremental raise and the prices of of season tickets for for just about everybody 312-644-6767 this is a text i've been wanting to get to hi mark chris from romeoville love you doing the overnight for less i absolutely loved him do you think it's possible that the Bulls are just sleepwalking into the playoffs and can turn it on once the playoffs start? No. 
No. They have not earned that right. I mean, we know that there are teams that have been like that, that have earned that distinction and earned that quote-unquote right to, you know, rest players and take it easy down the stretch and kind of turn it on when they need to, which, you know, and I think the only team right now in the Eastern Conference that is allowed to do that and they don't necessarily take advantage of it is the reigning champion, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And they, it kind of felt like that's the way they were this year because they had a shaky start to their year, and then it seemed like they were always trying to play catch-up, and they are still two and a half games back are the Milwaukee Bucks. But the Bulls, no way, man. They, yeah, that's... They're maximum effort, man. Yeah, I, I think if there was, I mean, both Demar and Zach playing today, they've clinched the playoff. Zach's dealing with the knee. Like this was a game the Bulls showed up for trying to win. And I, I think if 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 they can come into a game like this against a team they might face in the playoffs, um, and and look that terrible at home, like they got boat raced at home uh, against a team that they're gonna probably, you know, if things ended today would probably see the playoffs. Yeah, it's a bad it look. Was- Oh, completely right. No, there's no – and I, I haven't really sensed that out of the Bulls, like the coasting no. thing. I really haven't. I mean, there's been injuries. And, yes, there have been times like the, the things that I get frustrated with are not the injuries. Those are out of their control, and they do affect things for sure. But it's just some of the the rudimentary, uh, the obvious things that you look at and say, no, you can't do that on defense or you need to – there has to be communication on that screen. Right. And Stacey King brings thing. it up a lot on the broadcast. And it, especially with, like, Vooch, you can feel it. Like, he, he just doesn't – it's not that he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. It's like he just doesn't tell people where he's at sometimes. And it's like right, he, right. We, we need to – like, I mean, it's hard to lose you on the court, but, like, we need to know if you're leaving or sticking or where you're yeah. going. Just and, send a text. Just send yeah. a message. Let us know where you are. Just <laughs> Give us so an away message better. at least, man. Come on. Right, right. It's like like we're just we're, we're worried parents here. Just just let us know where you are, and then they'll be fine. Because right. then we'll just go ahead and get you the ball, or we'll make sure we know that people aren't going to get hurt running into screens. Honestly, and like, like that. You, you talk about like a team that would like maybe surprise teams, or maybe like been like kind of laying in the weeds going to the postseason. If they can make it, the only team I'd say that has that outside of maybe the Bucks would would be the Nets, and that's because you have Kevin Gar- or Kevin Durant, and uh, even then they've looked really bad. Like they're they're finally above five hundred again and pushing for one of the playing games, but yeah. still, like you know, the the East is uh, I I'd say there's maybe two there's three teams in that East team, maybe four if you want to include the Celtics if you think they're real right now too. That could probably you know that are they're probably the favorites. I'd probably pick them on most series. Everyone else though, like I mean, as much as I love the Bulls, I, I, I like you were talking like I am. I don't know if they can win, even win a game. Like I know, I'm nervous they're going to get swept out of the playoffs. And then it's I like, know. how helpful was that series to this right. team? Then, then the real evaluating happens. And what? Because if that happens, if they don't win a game, then you do like this is not an emergency, like where you just break up everything and uh, what we thought we knew, we don't know. I mean, we know that Demar Derozan was very good this year. We know that that. Zach is a very Zach Levine is a very good player. We know that there's a lot of promise in Io Desumo. We know that Nikola Vucevic is capable of putting up a double double every night. But there will have to be some kind of change to get you to a a better level than not winning any games or hell, even if they lose in the first round and they they go out with a whimper. It's just no matter what, it's you're going to look at this season a little bit more differently than we thought we would based on the start the Bulls had to this season. And I I do understand that 
the expectations for the Bulls before the season started were about where the Bulls are right now. That is that is true. But they they set the bar higher for themselves and we need to know what's what and what needs a boost in the off season. And as we talked about on last night's show, I do trust Arturis Karnaschovas to find out he has shown that he thinks outside of the box, or he, or you know, I don't have to put it that way, that he's got a plan and he executes it. He planned to get Nikola Vucevic. He planned to get Demar Derozan when nobody was really thinking about that. He planned. He got a point guard, Lonzo right. Ball. He got a defensive expert and a guy who could pop a three every once in a while. And Alex Caruso. Like most of those moves were pretty sound. You're right, and I think he's honestly like the the two biggest things is obviously he turned this franchise around in essentially two seasons. You know, like and That's more true. more honestly, probably like a season and a half, if even. Um, he really fl- flipped this team around. So he, he did that quickly, but he also shifted the culture entirely. Like I, I think the Bulls are now finally an attractive place to come to in free agency and that was never the case and that has everything to do with DeMar DeRozan coming here and having the success he did but um, you know they're, they're a much more attractive team they're, they're they're clearly winners they've shown when healthy they were the top team in the east at, at the all-star break or right there with the heat um, you know there, there's a lot of problems with this team you know, obviously we're, we're upset because we saw them play at their best and now they've they, we've seen some really bad basketball this since the end of February basically the Bulls have been teeter-tottering between 500 um, but this team, at least whenever the season does end, like Karnaschovas has shown, he can make adjustments quickly, and he's made the Bulls a spot so people might want to come actually play now. And yeah, no, that I wasn't think, that wasn't the case a few years ago. That's that's very true. That's very true. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. And part of that problem was they had a credibility issue that in their front office with Gar Foreman and John Paxson, and then obviously with their head coach. Jim Boylan. So you you go to a guy who does have some cred, couple of guys who have cred around the league in Karnaschovas, and maybe even more. Maybe Mark Eversley may have even been known more by some players, considering his connections to Nike. So, and then everybody knows who Billy Donovan is. You know, I mean that's that's a guy that you look at and say, no, I don't think Billy Donovan is a superstar head coach by any means in the NBA, but he's he's solid, and he is if nothing else. Players are going to respect him, so yeah, there is a there's a new credibility that goes with the Bulls. That is for sure. But the fact remains, it's been awful lately. And then last night again, they lose one seventeen to ninety four. And for example, in terms of like basic things that that I don't care who's injured or who's not, and and clearly Zach Levine seven points last night. I think about twenty seven minutes. He was not himself, so I, I will give them that. But what I will not excuse is the 10 turnovers in the first half, 17 for the game, and Boston just churning everything into points. So that was that was the that was the story. And not to mention, again, you just ran into like where's the Bulls defense? Where where is it? Where is it when? Boston scores 17 three-pointers, and I know that's a hot team, and sometimes you just have to deal with teams that are shooting well and putting the ball through the basket, and and you are hopeless against that. But 17 threes in the game, and turnover after turnover after turnover in the first half, and then 17 for the game, that's the kind of stuff that is just completely inexcusable. Scoring-wise... In the game, Jalen Brown had 25 for for Boston. Al Horford 
17 and 10. Jason Tatum, near triple-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Old Daniel Tice, the former Bull, 15 points and 6 rebounds. He had a couple of big shots as well, as did Marcus Smart. We were whoop, Chuck talking about those earlier as well. Um, so it was quite a challenging night dealing with some of the, the very hot Boston players a hot Boston team, but the fact is that too many mistakes were made. There is some news on the the Bully Boys, too, that it is official now, or do you say official, Lonzo Ball will not return to the Bulls this year. Bummer. Huh? This is a bummer, man. That's, uh, That's a bummer. We'll shut you down, John. Yes. Lonzo Ball, he is done. You, we knew that. We knew it. You knew it. We all knew it. And the quote was, Ball continues to experience pain with a high level of physical activity. He will continue daily treatment and rehab and prep for the 2022-2023 season. That does suck. There's no doubt about it. And... We knew that that was coming, but who knows, man? Who knows how things? Well, they would have been they would have been better with Lonzo Ball. I don't know that the result like would they be you know fifth place? Would they be in fourth place? Would they be you know in that log jam with Philadelphia and Milwaukee right now? If Lonzo Ball was there, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And is he, is he that valuable? I don't know. But he is your damn starting point guard. So that that has been a a big deal for sure. But at least we can now tell you without just discussing it and wondering about it and the effects thereof, there will be no Lonzo Ball for the rest of this season, I'm sorry to say. Tim is in Racine. Hi, Tim. You're on the score. Huh? Tim. <laughs> Timmy boy. <laughs> huh? Oh, huh? okay. I'm sorry. Huh? Yeah, huh? when you were doing that hot thing, I was like, huh? <laughs> uh... <laughs> sorry, man. That's all right, buddy. What's a going on? Little meltdown tonight. A little hey. meltdown. What's happening? Uh, what's with the meltdown? What's what's going on, Tim? I need. Oh, I'm alright. I, I don't know. I, I was going to call you last or last night. Yeah, because the Bucks played, and then they, they know the Bucks won. But boy, the the Bulls have really been. I don't know. They've been getting beat up pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what was it? God, these scores are like, okay, so last night or two nights ago. Yeah, Bulls, but you want to hear something really good? No, 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 wait, hold on, hold on. 127-106, and then tonight, 117-94. Now I want to hear something really good. Well, it's not going to really be good. Well, DeMar DeRozan, all right, has scored 50, all right? He didn't score 26, then he scored 40. So in those three games, he had averaged 38.666. Six, 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 seven. Oh, my God. You're working on a calculator. You're you're doing way too much calculator work (laughs) if you're getting all those sixes in there. Well, I just thought the six thing was really getting me. I know. I got you. You're you're talking about the beast, aren't you? Yeah, that's a beast right there. Mr. Mesistopheles, the devil, Satan. The, The devil, Satan, you know, all that good stuff. But anyways, I mean... He he was like a no show in the fourth quarter. De- DeRozan. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think like I got. I'll be honest uh, with you. The the, I, the Bulls were a no show in the fourth quarter. Honestly, like the the game tonight. Obviously, you watched it. Didn't it feel like 
background to you? That's what it felt like yeah. to me. It was like the game was over. I happened to be watching on TV then. Adam Amin and Stacey King were doing a talk show at that point. Like there, there was there was, was barely background noise. Then is what it you're was. saying. There, there was nothing to say, and and there was really no game happening, or that's the way it felt. And I I started to kind of get back to my prep and some other things. I mean, had it on, but so when you say that DeRozan had a bad fourth quarter, it's like, who cares? DeRozan had 16 points in the game. He was 6 of 16 from the field. He did make his only three attempt. I think I was kind of talking about the Bucks game because I know, like, I, I know this game. I watched it, but I didn't really pay too much attention to that, those statistics. Those statistics. You know, I mean, but I mean, I don't know. I think the the Celtics. Anyways, I think the Celtics. I don't know. I think they could give everybody a, a really good uh, fight, you know, in this Eastern Conference. They're good, man. They. I mean, I look. We're frustrated about the Bulls, but I am very interested to see how the Eastern Conference shakes out. Not the regular season. I mean, Miami's going to yeah. win the East, but. Like, well, yeah, I guess the seedings are still going to be interesting because of the log jam. I mean, check this out, Tim. It's Miami, yeah. Boston. Is, Boston is two back. Milwaukee and Philadelphia, okay. 2.5. So there is still something to be decided in the final two games of the season. And then just getting into the playoffs and seeing these these Eastern Conference teams duke it out and who, who truly is the best team. And when I ask people who are experts and scouts and around teams and guys that have had on the score, actually, when I'm not doing score overnight – they did the team that they all point to you love this tim is milwaukee that's the consensus yeah. still who's the who's the still. most here's the question who's the most dangerous team in the east and people usually say philadelphia or excuse me milwaukee well I, I don't know if i really i don't know if i really buy into that theory i mean i'm i'm, I'm not saying just whatever i'm just saying i'm just <laughs> i'm looking with like the glasses my glasses are clear they're not like uh purple and, and, and tan and all the other colors that I like. I'm looking at it as like, hey, I, I really think the Celtics are a really good team. I think I think I just think because everything that what happened last year with with um just the COVID thing and all the injuries and the uh, downtimes with with all that stuff, it's just I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of being realistic. I yeah, you're being realistic it, about the Bucks or the Bulls or what's the realism that you've reached here? Tim? I, I really unclear. like the Celtics. I really, really like the Celtics this year. I really okay. do. All and right, I, you know, I, but hey, also, yeah. who do you think is going to win tomorrow's game between the Brewers and the Cubs? I just want Ooh, a little. Well, uh, yeah, I got if you. If they man. play, I know the weather because Sean was telling. Oh my rain! I'm like, come on, yeah, don't tell me it's rain. Sean, we all look forward to the. We all Sean's, look forward to look, like the first game of the year, bro. Tim, that's Sean's thing. He always it's all with him. It's always about the rain. What comes into work? It's like, oh, it might rain, it might not. We'll see. You know, hopefully it'll rain. He, he said, so, yeah, he said he was going to go into the bleachers and have a beer. I said, well, just give me your beer, and you don't even have to go in the bleachers. <laughs> We want you fully croisoned at all times, Tim. Um, who do I think is going to win the game? Kyle Hendricks against Corbin Burns at Wrigley Field tomorrow um, if they play because the rain really is in the forecast. So classic, nasty April baseball weather is upon us. The Cubs will win. What the hell? What the hell? The Cubs will win tomorrow against – Corbin Burns didn't Corbin Burns win the win the uh, Cy Young last year or was the other guy was it the Woodruff or was it the Burns 
Or was it the Peralta? I think it was the Burns last year. So he's really damn good. But Kyle Hendricks, man, he can dazzle on opening day. So, I yes, I am giving. You know what? I'll go so far. I'll say it's going to be a 5-2 Cubs win. Um, Kyle Hendricks will go five innings just because they're going to be careful with him. He'll be about 89 pitches or so. So, and I also think, who do I think is going to, um, I'm, I'm actually kind of enjoying this now. Um, in terms of who comes through, I will say this because weird things happen on opening day. We know that about baseball and things that aren't necessarily symbolic of the rest of the year. I'm going to say Nick Madrigal is going to get a home run that he's going to hit one out. So Nick Madrigal hits a home run for the Cubs tomorrow. And and what else? Let's see. I think Seiya Suzuki is going to be 0 for 4 with a couple of strikeouts. He's going to have a rough opening day. He'll be fine, though. He'll be fine. And Wilson Contreras is going to hit a three-run homer. And he's going to, and it's going to be – he'll be all the talk because it'll be like, man, there's Wilson. He's still here, and are they going to trade him? So that's what I got going down, a three-run homer for Wilson Contreras – a Nick Madrigal home run as well. Three-run blast for Wilson. Two-run shot for uh, Nicky, Matt, Nicky two strikes. I think Christian Yelich bombs. He hits. When I say that, I mean the good kind of bomb. So I think he hits a home run to make it 5-2. to two. And, um, yeah, and Woodruff gets roughed up a little bit. Excuse me, Burns gets roughed up a little bit on opening day. But then as things go forward, that's Nick Madrigal's only home run. And then Burns goes on to win 17 games and ends, ends the season with a – Let's let's say a just a hair over three for his ERA. So there you go. Um, I got to take a break. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. When we come back, more of your calls, Chris. I see you. I will get to you and the rest of you guys. It's a good time to jump in. Let's talk Chicago sports on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. This is Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Chicago's sports station. So that's a strikeout, but not an RBI for Alfonso Rivas. Nick Madrigal takes the 1-1 pitch, hits it very high and very deep into left field. That one threatening, and it's gone. Nick Madrigal with a three-run homer off Bennett Sousa. This one now blown wide open. See? He's pumping up in the preseason. Nick Madrigal, that's my prediction. Nick Madrigal and Wilson Contreras are both homer for the Cubs. Today, on opening day, Cubs and Brewers. It's the season opener for both at Wrigley Field 120 right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And I am Mark Grody. It's going to be awesome, man. Festive. You, you'll definitely want to be just listening to the, the parade leading up to the game at 120 because we're going to be live at the Gallagher Way from right from 9 a.m. until 1.20 when we'll actually go inside the ballpark. But um, starting at 9 a.m., Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi. Layla. Hi, Layla. Dan and Layla will be on from 9 a.m. until noon. And they are scheduled to have Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer going to jump on the microphone and hang out with those guys and talk serious Cubs business. Uh, Lawrence Holmes will be on from noon until uh, 12.45, so doing his little shorty version of his show. But he'll be out there, too, at Gallagher Way at Wrigley Field. That's just the, the little yard outside. And then Zach Zabin will be on at 12.45 to do the pregame show. And then leading up to the big wigs, Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer with the call at 120. Kyle Hendricks against Corbin Burns. So can't wait. Always awesome. 
opening day in baseball, especially for the Cubs. And then the White Sox are going to do it um, at Detroit tomorrow, a 12-10 game for them. It will be Lucas Giolito against Eduardo Rodriguez. Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech scheduled to follow in the rotation for the White Sox. So here we go. We finally get to talk about real baseball games again, which we will do a lot on Score Overnight. A ton of baseball talk, as you know, goes down on this show. The Bulls lost to Boston last night, 117-94. to Chris in Romeoville. Hello, Chris. Thanks for waiting. You're on the score. Hi, how are you? Great, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um first thing I wanted to say is I love your show. I love you. Thanks. I listen to you every chance I got. Oh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, I am good. I, I listen good. to I listen to less a lot when uh I used to work overnights and loved his show. <laughs> best, I called man. in a lot and Did you? Okay. Talked to him. Uh so that's the first thing I wanted to say. Yeah, no, good. I appreciate that. And, hey, I love the – we every night we get a lot of text still about the grobber and an occasional call like yours. So I thanks for keeping the grobber name alive. And that's – I feel like it's part of – part of my responsibility and part of our responsibility because you guys were all here in the overnights long before I was. Oh, and I love that uh, Parkins on Spiegel did the uh, home run derby thingy. Yeah, yes, the uh, Les, Les Grobstein home run derby. Yes, the honorary. Yes, yes, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great, although they didn't invite uh, me or Sean Sears, the guys that actually perform score overnight. But that's another issue that I'll take up with the boss oh. later. But go ahead, Chris. <laughs> um, another thing I want to talk about was Cubs. Okay. Um, do you do you think that they can be contenders this year? No. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like I like some of the moves they made. Uh, Suzuki, I like. Sure. Yep. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Check. Yep, I'm with you. Two for two. They they made some some nice pieces, and I mean, let's see what Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwind- uh, Schwindel can do. Sure. Yes, I completely agree with that. Everything you just said, like that, is spot on because it was fascinating what those two were able to do last year, Schwindel and Wisdom, and I am interested. Oh. And seeing if they can, like, because what a story that we, like, everybody talks about how great the story was last year for those guys, for, for Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel being the late bloomers. The real story would be is if they're good again this year and they go on to have good and productive and wanted major league careers. That's That would be the good story. Yeah, for a full season. Like, for a let's full see season. what they can do. Exactly. Let's see what they can do for a full season. Toast. I want to see uh, Hermosillo. Uh, Hermosillo is that his name? Hermosillo, yeah, Michael Hermosillo, outfielder for the Cubs. Yeah, another guy who out in center field. Yep, like, yep. I'm done. I'm done with Jason Hayward. Like, I love the guy, but he's just not producing at all. Nope, never has really. Not consistently. Not right. the way he was supposed to. Not what he was paid to do. I mean, and just really the years 
that he was given, seven-year contract, and st- which still has two years left on it. And everybody loves Jason Hayward, the person, but the the player just has not been good enough. Right. And I was so excited when they when they signed him. And uh, one of my coworkers at the time, he's like, "Don't be so excited. He's not that great of an offensive player." And I'm like, oh, you're out of your mind. Like, he's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I'm looking back, and I'm like, wow, you were you were right. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's, it's sad because I, I love the guy. But, you know, at the same time, he just hasn't been that good. A great no. outfielder. Great, yeah, one of the best that we've seen at Wrigley and right field for sure. Maybe the best, maybe the best that I've seen. I mean, like I, I don't know how far back you go. I, I, I remember, you know, Andre Dawson was pretty damn good out in right field, but I, I think, I definitely think that you're right. Like that's pr- he's probably the best outfielder, the right fielder the Cubs have had. Um, and it is, it sucks, man. Like it does, and 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 look. He hasn't been, he hasn't been a complete flop by any means. Like like you said, the defense has been valuable. He has had some big hits. He's had some nice hot streaks and nice halves of seasons and one or two good years during his Cubs years, but it, it's not come close to to living up to it. And you look at I just opened up his Jason Hayward's page, and really, it's it's pretty amazing because he he's never ha- he had one like just looking strictly at at home run numbers because everybody thought this guy was going to just come on the scene and, you know, crank out 50 home runs or whatever. The most home runs he's had in a season is 27, and that was in 2012 with the Braves. But just going on home runs, like 18 in his rookie year. His first one, by the way, against the Cubs, against Carlos Zambrano. Um, uh, 14. Twenty seven, told you that one. Fourteen eleven, thirteen seven, eleven, eight, twenty one. That was in twenty nineteen with the Cubs when he had twenty one dingers. Um six and eight. And the most RBIs he's ever had? Um eighty two. So and those are just obviously the old school traditional stats, but I know um that I think that some of that is symbolic of what we thought he was going to be and that he wasn't. I mean, his, in his whole career, really, but became very disappointing with the Cubs. 312-644-6767. We'll get to more of your calls, including who's up next, uh, Giovanni. We'll get to him next here on Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 